It's time for the morning stand-up. I'm Stacy K, and I just wanted to see if you had a good January 6th weekend. This is the anniversary of your crazy uncle uh, getting convicted of sedition charges. Not convicted, but charged and then pled guilty and then let out uh, on parole. How's he doing? Is he Is his life turned around now, or is he... Has he switched parties now since Trump abandoned him in there? Or is he still a big MAGA fan? Did Antifa do it? Does he say Antifa set him up? Is that is that the situation? I kind of think that January 6th, we should get a day off. Because, you know, Ashley Babbitt died so that... For what? You know? Like, she didn't overturn the the, the government. So we should at least get a day off, Right? I'm willing to put aside my principles to to celebrate that that event if it means I don't got to go to work, right? It's been a, I spent my weekend I uh I watched The Iron Claw with Zac Efron. It's a wrestling movie. It it's about like actual like you know WWE wrestling from like the 70s. And it's got like Zac Efron, that dude from The Bear, and then a few other people. And they are just muscled out of their mind. It's pretty crazy. Zac Efron in particular, like he had some kind of jaw injury or like chin injury. Apparently, a few years ago, he he slipped in his house on his socks and like hit some marble thing. And his chin was hanging from his face. And they did a bunch of like surgeries and stuff. And his... Jaw, he said that his like masseters, you know, the the muscles on the sides of your jaw got like really big and swollen. And now he, he's, I mean, he's, you can tell it's Zac Efron, but something happened to him. And I I just miss the pretty boy Zac Efron because he was, he was so cute. And now he's like fine, I guess, but he just like looks like a meathead. And he's absolutely ripped in this movie. He's also got a suntan, like a spray tan on because, you know, wrestlers back then, they like their, their spray tans. This movie was pretty cool. Uh, it was really gay, which I expected because you're right, it's wrestling. Uh, it was also really depressing, and it was uh, you know based on a true story. So a lot of people died in wrestling. Apparently, their medical um, technology wasn't that great. They they didn't go to the doctor a lot, and bad things happened to them. And wrestling, you get you get messed up in wrestling. It's like the the outcomes of their fights are determined, right? Like the who gets to win, but you can actually die in the ring. Like they they can mess you up in there, and you see a lot of that. And the way it was shot was pretty cool. The it, it's a story about a family of wrestlers, right? So they're like there was this one dude who was big in like the '60s or whatever, and he had this signature move called the Iron Claw. It was his like little gimmick to like knock people out. He would hold his hands up in like a vice grip pattern and then he would put his hand on the person's head until they tapped out. And that was the iron claw, right? He would end the game, end the match that way. And so his he taught that all to his family and that's what, so when he was raising his kids, he got them all into wrestling. They tried to do other sports or whatever, but wrestling is all what they went into largely. And uh, just, I don't know, some of it's really funny, I think, um, because it's pro wrestling. They're taking it very seriously. 
but you know like the outcomes of all the matches are like already determined and, and things like that and they really they really get into it and it they they feel like they're uh fighting for their lives i guess um but yeah besides zach efron uh not being pretty anymore uh the movie was great while being very sad i also uh i watched the steelers they beat the ravens the fucking rat birds we took them down twice this year we're the only team they haven't been beaten like by anybody. We beat them twice. Yeah, the second time, they didn't have Lamar Jackson because they were arresting him because they already clinched the first seed because they beat everybody else besides us. But I don't know. I think that I think we could have beat him even with Lamar Jackson. Maybe I'm a little arrogant there. They also had a lot of wide receivers missing. But I went to a Steelers bar in Kansas City to watch this game. And I got to admit, I think I'm too pretty for that now. Like all these people, all the guys staring at me and making a point to talk to me and when they do that they don't come with like their best stuff they just kind of say words to me because they just they're like oh my god pretty girl I need to say some words to her and it's so dumb and it sucks because like I can't make fun of them for the stuff they say because they're probably into that or to They'll get mad at me and call me a bitch, which, yeah, but, like, you're annoying, you know? And you just can't do that as a hot woman. It's not fair. That's why I got into stand-up, so, I've, you know, that's my job. I'm supposed to be able to do that. And then, like, guys, girlfriends, and wives and stuff are, like, scared to talk to me. Like, they think that I'm going to steal their, like, mid-ass husband or whatever. But it was it was pretty cool other than that we left in the third quarter after tj watt uh he strained his mcl which is his knee he's our best player so we're gonna play the chiefs i think in the playoffs next week i'm currently watching the jaguars uh lose to the titans and if the titans win steelers go to the playoffs and they play kansas city in the first round and i think i'm gonna go to the game uh in person because i'm in kansas city so it it works out but i'm not too I mean, the Chiefs look terrible right now, um, but us without our best defender, that's scary. I don't know if we'll do it, but I, hey, at least we're in. I'll get to go watch them play one last game in person. And uh, yeah, go Steelers. Jaguars making a drive on the Titans right now. I don't think they're going to pull it off, though. The Titans have a really good run game. They'll just run the clock out. It's like a fourth quarter. They're up by like 15. I think it's 15 right now. It's a two-possession game. Yeah, the Titans are going to pull this one out. Oh, I want to talk to you all about... Uh, I know a lot of you guys aren't into football, but there was this really interesting play that I want to cover. It happened last Monday. Okay, this is the Lions versus the Cowboys, which right off the bat... I don't care about either of these teams at all. They're, I'm used to these people sucking and all that kind of stuff. But I was watching the game, and I really like the Lions coach. That dude is, uh, he's ballsy. He, he does uh, very aggressive play calls, and that's the kind of football I like to see. But at the end of the game, he goes down, scores a touchdown. I think, I can't remember. There's not much time left. It's like 30 seconds left. And they scored a touchdown to tie the game, but instead of, going for the tie kicking the one point they go for two okay and this play call was brilliant what they did 
is what they had been doing the whole game up to this point is checking in a lineman, uh, Dan Skipper, number 70. Uh, they would check him in as an eligible receiver every play for a while. And what that involves is the lineman has to go up to the ref and say, hey, I'm checking in as an eligible receiver. The ref has to announce it to the defense. And then you do that. They never threw the ball to Dan Skipper, right? For the last play of the game, they brought in another player who is like the same position as Dan Skipper, but he's, you know, he's a different player. He's number 68. So he goes in and they both, well, Dan Skipper fakes checking in. He walks up to the ref, but doesn't say anything. And number 68 goes up and actually does check in. So the defense has been used to covering Dan Skipper the whole time. And they got fooled and number 68 was wide open threw it to this lineman, which it's funny to watch a lineman catch a ball. It's like a refrigerator catching a ball. They're huge dudes. You're not used to seeing them jump up and catch it, but this dude caught it, got the two-point conversion, and then the refs call a penalty because they misunderstood who was checking in. So the ref misinterpreted the the check-in and said that 70 was eligible receiver and not 68. Um, so the deception was so good that they fooled the refs, which is sad. I feel like you should be able to review it or something because you can see it on the video. Like clearly number 68 checked in and the ref just messed it up and screwed us out of one of the coolest trick plays I've seen in football in a while. The Lions, uh, they tried again after the penalty was called. They didn't get it because they didn't have a clever play like that. And it kind of just ruined the game for me. Not that I care about either team, but I love seeing crazy plays like that. And it sucks that the refs screwed it up. We got to have full-time refs or something. I don't know. In other news, uh, I don't know if you guys saw what happened in Ohio with trans people lately. but So they passed the law, Congress did, pass the law to um, ban transitioning for minors. And then the Ohio governor, who's Republican, vetoed it because he says it violates parents' like authority or whatever. And then he held a press conference where he announced that he was basically banning all trans people, like all ages. He, he is requiring clinics to have... I've, we've never seen this in medical before, like medical whatever convention before. Um... You have to have a psychiatrist, an endocrinologist, and a bioethicist. So, I mean, y'all know what a psychiatrist is. It's a brain doctor, okay? And the endocrinologist, that's a hormone doctor, which endocrinologists are great, but they're kind of rare and hard to get in with. So that's already kind of like a, a difficult thing to meet for a lot of clinics. But then a bioethicist, that's not real. That's like a humanities like a philosopher type thing. That's not like a position that you have in medical fields. That's that's not a thing. And apparently they're going to require all three of those things for a clinic to be able to offer, to be able to give trans people, not even kids, but any age, give them any hormones. You have to have a staff bioethicist. That's absolutely insane. I got a lot of friends in Ohio and they're going to have to leave, I think. This this is in if this stuff 
stays, which it looks like it's going to, it's basically no one's going to get hormones. So RIP to all of Ohio girls. Really sorry this happened. I'm sure I'm sure it's coming to the other red states in the country. Not looking forward to that, which is why I'm trying to get out of Kansas and Missouri. Republicans won't stop, man. There's none. There's no good ones. Not even this Repu- Republican governor, right? He vetoed this stuff, but then he went out and made it much worse. Whew. It's hard being trans sometimes. Uh, over Christmas Eve uh, in Kansas City, there was a trans woman named Amber Miner. She was shot dead in her uh, driveway. She's a 40-year-old black woman, Amber Miner, killed in Missouri on Christmas Eve. Uh, they, her body was found at 8.35, and the media misgendered it a lot, uh, called her a man and stuff, but she's not. She's a trans woman, and it's just, we don't know who did it. The, the police are still investigating. There's no uh, no public evidence of, of who it was, but just wanted to give a shout-out. Every time, especially in my city, every time this happens, because it happens way too much. I'm up here watching uh, the Titans and Jaguars play, which I think that if you look at the Jaguars logo, um, they have, it's a Jaguars head and it's got a green tongue. It's like a normal color Jaguar, except they colored its tongue green, like it's been eaten like Fun Dip or something like that. And I like to think that in the original signs, they were saying, okay, we're going to have uh, a pink in our thing. We're going to make the tongue pink. And then the people, like the owners were like, nah, we can't, pink's a girl color. We're not doing pink. That'd be crazy. Make his tongue green. It'll be fine. <laughs> I'm up here watching with uh, my friend, Mr. Cat. I'm, I'm watching my friend's cats. Uh, a month ago, he told me to he needed someone to watch the cats for a little bit, and I told him, "Okay, we'll take your cats for a few days." Um, but we got our new roommate moving in on Tuesday, and I need you to pick them up by then. And it's been a month; I haven't heard from him. Dorian, come catch your goddamn cats! <laughs> this morning, they're they're pretty they're pretty good cats, but this morning, uh, one of the cats um, she woke us up just screaming it was like it was like 6 a.m just screaming clawing on all the the uh comforter and on our our legs and stuff she she made us miss church because we slept in and didn't want to because we had to deal with this cat trying to wake us up all day it wasn't great so dorian come get your goddamn cats that'll be cool and then i'll just have my normal cats which will be a big upgrade January 6th weekend, you saw you saw both uh, Trump and Biden talking about it, and Biden had what I thought was a pretty good speech. Finally back on the Adderall, he's up there uh, being a statesman. He called uh, he called Trump. He said he was doing the exact same rhetoric as Nazi Germany, which I thought was cool. And more of that, honestly. And Trump up there saying, like, release the January 6th hostages, which is pretty funny. There's not very many people actually locked up from January 6th. A lot of them are out. That that shaman dude got out. That that He shouldn't be, like, lock that dude up forever. I don't know if you've seen, like, much of him talk 
I, I saw an interview, uh, Channel 5 News is what, on YouTube, where they interviewed him from prison. And just the, the web of conspiracies this guy goes down. It, he should stay there forever. I Don't ever let him out. And there's a lot of those people like that who are just out now. They can just do whatever they want and they can do it again next next year whenever Trump loses again and they deny it and we're going to have to put down another uprising. Last time wasn't very violent because Trump uh, made the Capitol Police like understaffed and didn't have the, the people to take over and um, kick them all out. So... I don't think it'll work the same way under Biden. It'll be a, a different little experiment. But I know it's coming. I know there's going to be election denial. And I know it's going to be a lot of the same people. No matter what happens in the elections. So that'll be cool. Is anybody else looking forward to election season? That's going to be fun. I miss that. I wish it wasn't so like... If this guy wins, all trans people have to leave the country. That would make election season more fun for me. I'd be able to just sit back and just be like, haha, look at all this insane shit happen. Uh, I don't know about that. Everything's beyond just trans people. It's, it's all pretty bad. And i got to be real with you. Republicans are worse in every single way. And I'm tired of people pretending like they aren't. That's one of the most frustrating things to me is uh, people who are supposed to be like on my side or whatever saying that uh doesn't make a difference between the parties when it does it really does i gotta get out of kansas soon because republicans control this place and it's about to get worse anyways uh let's let's do letters from fans okay so last week uh, i talked about the uh, yuppie LDR yuppie chaser boyfriend from Chaser Gen. Okay, today we got a, a, a related question. Um, here, okay. Hi, Stacy. I couldn't find an email address for your podcast, but this address was on your website, so I'll try my luck here. Oh no, my message don't. Okay, that's a lot of words. Hi, great first podcast. I knew that I wanted to write into the show in response to the email from about the yuppie chaser boyfriend. I feel like you might have valuable perspective on something that's been bothering me. Some context. I am a guy in his early 30s. I'm cis, and even though I am into guys and girls, and everyone else, I have historically only dated people who identified as women. Although I have mostly dated cis women, one of my partners from long ago transitioned after our time together, and I maintain a better friendship with them than with any of my other exes and another girl that I dated the summer before last was trans. Some of my cishet guy friends... Wait a second. So, at the time, they were girls, and now they're guys. So, you're, these are trans men? So, you've, you've turned two trans men. You got to type, don't you? Some of my cishet guy friends, unfortunately, even those who style themselves as open-minded still ask questions about these two relationships with upturned noses. I definitely feel out of step with the average cis male attitude towards trans partners and trans women in particular. I don't go out of my way to seek a trans partner, but I absolutely wouldn't shoot a potential trans partner down. I'm glad you wouldn't shoot a potential trans partner. That's, that's really good of you. <laughs> Their being trans is noteworthy, 
Of course, I don't want to sound like I'm one of those people who say, I don't see race to justify weird prejudices. Oh, you had to bring race into it, didn't you? <laughs> but it's neither an explicit draw nor any sort of detriment to me. I would be very open to dating a trans girl, just as open as I would be to dating an AFAB girl. However, I realize that a lot of cis guys aren't. They're either snobbish about the prospect of dating trans women, dumb, or they're chasers. And even though I don't think I know any chasers in real life, everything I see and hear about them, especially from the voices of trans women, sounds incredibly tacky. You probably know some chasers. Most chasers, most chasers are on the down low about it. They, they, even these people who turn their noses up to the idea of dating trans women, I bet, I bet a lot of, we're one of the most popular porn categories, okay? So there's a lot of liars out there. Okay, back to the, I don't want to steal somebody's estrogen. I don't want to exploit any weird power differential. And I certainly don't want to touch the penis of someone who doesn't want their penis touched. Now that is poetry right there. This is, this is a statement prepared by your attorney. I don't want to steal somebody's estrogen. That's what they all say. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you don't want to take estrogen, okay? I, it's not for everyone. However, as I am super open and amenable to dating trans women, which it seems like a lot of cis guys are not, how can I differentiate myself from either group? How can I let trans women know or even seek out connections with trans women that I'm not a creepy chaser and that I'm not a bigot, that I'm just a cis guy who appreciates all kinds of womanhood? including their kind hey don't say it like that <laughs> i'm not sure how to let potential trans femme partners know that i'm into trans girls wholesomely without signaling that i'm into trans girls problematically thank you for any insight you can provide drew p.s my phone still wants to autocorrect sis to cod and if Cod Guys isn't a great nickname for cis men, then I don't know what is. PPS. You said you've never been to Boston. If you ever came on tour across the Northeast, I can imagine back to the Mag Knights of a sold out crowds to see you in the Bay State. Please feel welcome in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts anytime. For as many stuck in the past townies that we have, we have twice as many awesome modern modern folk that use more smiles. Thank you. I'm glad that you can imagine multiple sold-out shows in Boston because imagination is half the battle. That's what they always say. Okay, so um, basically your question is how can I be into trans women or be friends with trans women without being a chaser? Well, I'm just going to say up front that a lot of trans girls have a ton of suspicion towards guys because... A lot of guys are very weird. They're either uh, openly aggressive or way too horny. So it's difficult, and that's that. This is one of the reasons there's so many trans lesbians. It's not. It's not just because that we're all strictly lesbian. It's because uh, guys are scary, and you're taking a risk every time you're meeting or dealing with a guy. Because a lot of guys put a lot of their, I don't know, they see us as like a, like a therapy thing. They, they're like, oh, okay, so you used to be a guy 
and now you have boobs, so I can tell you all my problems and you'll understand them, right? See, that's a that's an aspect of of guys talking to girls and talking to trans girls uh, that doesn't necessarily show up as being a chaser, but you know, it's still annoying. Um, it's it's hard to break into trans groups or I don't know how you're meeting these people um I mean but the most important thing is just treat them like any other girl um don't right don't steal their estrogen that's a good start because that shit's expensive and last time we talked about a guy who a, a girl who met a guy on a discord group called chasergen which I would recommend against using Chaser Gin as a guy. I understand why trans girls would use it because, and I mean, I, look, I maybe I'm old. I don't understand Discord dating. So maybe that's the way these kids do it. I'm not exactly here to tell you that Tinder is better because that's a nasty place too. So I don't know. But the most important thing is Treat them like any other girl. Maybe don't describe, don't call. You said, I'm a cis guy who appreciates all kinds of womanhood, including their kind. Don't, don't say that. Just, right? They're, they're trans girls. Okay. Um, and if you want to be into trans girls wholesomely, and, and also let the trans, if, if you're going to get intimate with a trans girl, you got to let her lead like to her comfort level because we've got a lot of trauma around our genitals and, and things and we can be very shy some of us some of us can be very upfront about what we want and you just gotta gotta work with that and I mean we're a rare group of people trans women we one we hide we a lot of us we don't go outside that much when we do go outside. We don't go into super social situations because we don't really want to interact with random people that much. So we're a little bit difficult to find on the first place. It's hard to just seek us out. I mean, unless you're already a trans person or you start working through the chaser channels. So I wouldn't go after trans girls too hard. Um, but if you do, uh, I gave you all the advice I got on how not to be labeled a chaser or exploiting a power differential. Thanks for writing to the podcast. And yeah, I would like to go to Boston sometime. Talk to the the Boston club, whoever is running a nice comedy club down there. Let them know you want Stacey K to, to come there and then maybe I'll show up. All right, next, uh, next question. This is from... Uh, Alyssa, hey Stacy, how are you doing? I hope you are doing absolutely fantabulous. I have two questions. First, how did you become a Steelers fan? Are you from Pittsburgh? Being from Western Pennsylvania myself, I was a Steelers fan when I was younger, but now really only co follow college football. So how I became a Steelers fan? My dad grew up in the 70s. That's whenever the Steelers were the kings. They were the best team. All the kids back then loved the Steelers because they were always winning Super Bowls and they had good jerseys. They had Mean Joe Green in that Coca-Cola commercial. It was the golden age of Steelersness. And I, my dad had never been to Pittsburgh 
before I was born. Um, but we we watched the Steelers. We're, we're from Arkansas, and we didn't have our own. We, the Cowboys are the Cowboys and the Rams back before they went to L.A. They were the two. And then we had the Titans, right? So are we supposed to cheer for the Rams or Cowboys or Titans? No. We cheer for the Steelers, right? That's a real football team. Okay, that's a quality organization. Not any of these other posers like that. So I started watching uh, NFL the first year Roethlisberger got drafted. And he won a bunch of games. We almost went to the Super Bowl. We lost to the Patriots at the... It was the final AFC finals I think and then the next year uh, the Steelers actually did win the Super Bowl so then at that point I was locked in for life right Steelers fan and then like a few years later we went back to the Super Bowl we won one and then the next year we lost one but we've always been a fun team to watch and there's no reason to abandon them as I go Um, so that's how I got locked in quality organization and they have good colors and they got good branding i like wearing their stuff it looks good not like the chiefs like the chiefs i want to cheer for the chiefs because they're the hometown team and they're usually really good at least lately but their branding is so bad like beyond just being racist okay like okay at chief stand they do the tomahawk chop all the time and they sing that uh, supposedly Native American song every time they score. It's it's not something that I really want to get into. But also, like, the color scheme of the Chiefs. It's red and yellow. It looks like McDonald's or, like, ketchup or mustard. And the clothes, their gear, I don't think looks good at all. I don't want to wear their stuff. So, yeah, that's why I've stuck with the Steelers, even though I'm in Kansas City. Okay, second, last week you mentioned that you were hoping to get out of the Midwest and go somewhere like New York City. I'm a closeted trans woman, but I can say that D.C. was a great city to live and to be trans. I found plenty of resources and a couple bars that I enjoyed going out by myself and expressing my true identity, making friends, being safe, and having a blast. My job and relationship took me to Southern Virginia, and it is much more anti-trans, which is contributing to me staying in the closet for the time being. Any thoughts on the best cities for trans people in general? Love your work and thanks for being beautiful. All right, okay. Tier list. Best trans friendly cities, okay? Number one. I mean, it depends a little bit what you're going for, but number one, in my case, New York City. That is the capital of transness in America. And I think the reason it's such a good city for trans people is because of all the trains right we had a lot of subways and stuff in new york that run everywhere and a lot of trans women are autistic and we love trains we also love not having to drive which is one of the most female traits you can possibly have so that's why new york city's up at the top they also got like a strong uh, state and city government that would never discriminate against their trans people so Hey, look at that. The the Titans just secured the win over the Jaguars. Steelers are going to the playoffs, baby. We'll see if they play the Chiefs or the uh or the Bills depending. If the Bills lose tonight, we get to play the Chiefs, which means that I get to go watch them in Kansas City, which will be cool. Okay, back to the back to the message. So, New York City number 1, okay? Uh number 2. 
Number two is probably DC. Um, personally, I've not ever had a great time in DC. I've uh, been there a decent amount. I They say that the metro is good or whatever, uh, the subway, but it's not everywhere. I don't feel like uh, New York City subway is. New York City subway is just crazy extensive and it's um to, like it's like falling apart this the new york city subway because the funding is controlled by the state government and it can be dirty and all that kind of stuff but it moves people like at a much higher rate than anyone else but dc they say is really good i'm trusting a lot of my dc i have so many trans dc friends it's crazy and they love it they say it's a great city i would possibly consider moving there um uh okay next is uh i think seattle i've been to seattle back whenever i was younger i haven't been um since i've been out and trans and independent and all that kind of stuff but according to everyone uh i know they say seattle is a great city for trans people very progressive very used to um people like from everywhere um it seems like the Pacific Northwest, everyone kind of migrates towards Seattle or Portland. Um, I think those cities are about like an hour or two away. I don't know. Those are like rival cities or whatever. Both of those are pretty good places for trans people. Um, I don't know if I would move to Seattle because it's like really expensive. And I don't know if I can wear as much plaid as you need to wear to be able to fit in in the Pacific Northwest. That's a lot. And also, uh, look, I haven't looked up the demographics for Seattle, but all of the Pacific Northwest people I know are very white. It's a very white area, and I need there to be really good Mexican food. And it's difficult because I grew up in Arkansas, right? There's a lot of good Mexican food there, and if there's not great Mexican food, I don't know if I could do it. And that's why if I was going to move to somewhere besides New York City, I think I would move to Chicago um, Chicago is, uh, also a really good place for trans people. It, um, it's in Illinois, which is a very blue state and it's gerrymandered to be even bluer. Republicans are never going to touch that state. And I think Chicago is a very pretty place. It's a very, it's got a really strong future as a city. It's right next to the Great Lakes. They'll have great water for a long time, even after the water wars start. So it's a, it's a good place to move for a trans person. And it's like half the cost of New York City. So if you don't need to be in New York for like, I, I need to be there for work. Like as a comedian, it's important for me to be in New York. Chicago is actually pretty cool for comedy, but I'm already in in New York. So might as well go up to the big leagues, right? Um, so what is that? Did I do four? I did um, New York City, Seattle. No, New York City, D.C., Seattle, Chicago. And I'm going to put Portland in there with Seattle. That's basically the same place. So those are the same thing. And then um, I really liked Baltimore. Uh, I think it's a it's a cute city close to a lot of cool places. Um, it would be a place I would consider moving. It's, it's also in Maryland, a very safe blue state. Uh, uh, Honorable mention, I think that um, Philadelphia is a really cool place, but the problem is that's in Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania, like you said, uh, Pennsylvania is basically what most of Pennsylvania is. And I don't know if it's blue enough to be confidently 
like, okay, trans people are never going to get discriminated against here, which is why I would rather like live in a place like Baltimore or something like that, somewhere in Maryland with very ironclad laws for trans people. So those are my top five, top six cities. I don't know. And that's not super informed, but it's just general vibes that I get from everything. Okay, uh, new next message. Hi, Stacy. I'm such a big fan of yours. About a year ago, I told my girlfriend that I wanted to start cross-dressing. It's something I've always wanted to pursue and finally admitted it to myself. Initially, it was really hard for her, but she was generally accepting. We went to Sephora and got some stuff for myself, and I ordered some clothes. Then we had a few nights, and I got dressed, and she helped with my makeup. I felt so happy. Now she's saying she doesn't want it in her life seems to be a breaking point. At the same time, I think I want to transition. I feel happy as a woman, and like myself, I'd love to get your advice. Sincerely, Annie. Okay, so this is not an uncommon story. I gotta admit, uh, this is a little bit how I started. I, I had a girlfriend who thought I was just a straight guy, and I was not. And it was... We, we started our relationship in high school and we were together for a long time. And I started, I, I, I wanted to like let her know that I was like this before we got married, which is why we never got married over five years. And I started to, I called it cross-dressing at the time because saying that I was trans would be so final and like drive her away or what I was scared of losing her right and she told me she was uh she was bisexual and would be fine either way but when it came down to it she wasn't really and we broke up and you know it wasn't it wasn't the worst breakup possible like I was really sad to lose her and I felt very alone because whenever you're coming out as a trans person you need some support and it's just not there. But with your girlfriend, she doesn't want to do your cross-dressing. Like, she didn't want to help you. It It's easy to get mad at girls like that, um, to say that they're not supportive. But also, like, transitioning is a lot of work. And her having to help what she thought was her boyfriend for a long time uh, it just changes things, and whenever you start transitioning, you're uh, you're you're becoming a little bit of a new person. Not completely. You're still a little bit of the same person, but you're you're coming into yourself. You're basically going through puberty at that time. And I don't know if like a lot of people won't be able to deal with um, helping you come into yourself, right? And I mean, it sounds like y'all should probably break up. Um, that's kind of sad to say, but if she isn't feeling comfortable with it, and I mean, you don't you don't want her, um, if, if you want to transition, you want to take hormones, you don't want her, like, concerned trolling you about, like, every little thing you do. If she's, um, she's worried about, right, I don't know, you transitioning too fast or how you present yourself or whatever. Um, so I don't know how close your relationship is, how long y'all have been, 
together. It sounds like you don't have any kids, so that's good. Um, but yeah, whenever you got to transition, a lot of times you got to deal with losing your partner too. And that makes it extra hard, but that's just how it's got to be a lot of the time. So I would say break up or at least like communicate to her like, hey, I really need to transition for myself. Um, if you want to be with me, that's fine. But also if you don't, I understand. Um, this was this was really difficult for me first coming out was that losing my girlfriend. Um, but before that, it was kind of a fake relationship. I wasn't I wasn't in her head who I really was. Um, so it was built on um, misunderstanding, I guess, the whole relationship. And it just felt hollow. It felt like she didn't really know who I was. And at the end of the day, it was, it was good that we broke up. And you guys can live happy lives separate, and maybe you can be friends in the future. But in my experience, a lot of times, cis girls, whenever their partner comes out as trans and transition, they they don't want to they don't want to hang out much afterwards. I I don't really know in their heads how how it goes, but that's just the situation. And I hope things work out for you. And uh, I hope that she's supportive, even if y'all don't continue relationship. So um, thanks for coming to the podcast. Sorry, I don't have better news or better take for you, but that's my honest opinion. Okay, um, last question here. Hi, Stacy, new podcast listener from the UK and really enjoyed the first episode. My question is, do you think male politicians certain comedians and people on social media etc that are vocally transphobic are secretly attracted to trans women keep up the good work b all right so certain comedians i feel like you're talking about dave chappelle right maybe ricky gervais but dave chappelle it is not a secret that he's into trans women he talks about it in his own specials in one of his earlier uh Netflix specials like I think it was about four years ago or something like that he told a story about this time that he hooked up with a trans girl and he told it as if you know he was just finding out that she was trans and all that kind of stuff and it's like bullshit Dave you knew okay you fucking knew and listen I know a lot of trans sex workers and I know a lot of people in Ohio and I know a lot of people in LA and they strongly attest that he loves the dolls. And yeah, I do think that that's where a lot of uh, the obsession with talking about us comes from, is we're this thing that he wants, but also we tell him he's wrong about stuff sometimes, and that drives him nuts. And for this ego guy who sells out stadiums on a regular basis and never gets told he's wrong he's he is supposed to be the penultimate social justice guy that's who he thinks he is because he was pretty good on social justice like 20 years ago but society has changed and he hasn't he's still stuck in that time period where where things aren't different and he cannot take being told he was wrong certain male politicians i think that a lot of male politicians are gay just 
aesthetically a lot of them give off gayness. I don't know if that's what they're going for to win votes or whatever, but I think a lot of them are gay and or into trans girls, which there's a big crossover there between gay guys, closeted gay guys, and people who, who pay trans women or try to date us on the down low. It's exciting for them. Um, and it's very common to, to have this kind of stuff. And a lot of these people who are passing these laws, they know full well that some of us are really hot by experience. They, they know, but they're doing it anyway for um, points with their really old and senile base that they don't need a lot of money to off these anti-trans laws. So that's why they're doing it. So yeah, I think they're all they're all liars and they're all hypocrites and they all consume our content when they think nobody is looking. All right, so that is the podcast. Um, hope you will tune in next week. Thank you for listening. Uh, now I'm gonna play you a song from uh, pop singer Alejandro Valente. It's uh, Divine. Take a listen.